Let's pray together. Father in heaven, as we come into your presence, how grateful we are for the gift of music, for the gift of prayer, and for the gift of your word. We ask that you would bless us now as we turn our hearts, our minds, our affections to your teaching and that it would have great effect in us. We pray it in Jesus' name. And the people of God said together, Amen. I want to take a moment and just remind you that uh, as we have been going through the Ten Commandments, that the sermons that we have uh, been going through are available online. And so if you'd like to go back and review a teaching, I, I would really encourage you to go back to last Sunday's teaching particularly as we deal with the taking of the Lord's name in vain. Because that, uh, that teaching is so powerful in our day when we live in a time where people don't understand what it means to take the Lord in vain. That's just one example. We come this morning to a passage that really is a, a passage that most every Christian knows, but they don't understand completely. Because the Sabbath is a confusing topic. We're not sure exactly what to do with the Sabbath as Christians. We're kind of divided. Do we carry out the Old Testament teaching of it or do we understand it in a new way concerning the teaching of the Lord Jesus Christ? And more than anything else, even Christian communities, there is actually a community that meets uh, regularly on Saturday to worship because it is a Sabbath day. It is the last day of the week. And so in thinking that they are honoring and loving God, they worship on Saturday instead of Sunday. And so when we look at this passage, we really begin to wonder, okay, how do we live out this commandment? Because we can't say it's not something God wants us to um, ignore. We are not given that privilege. It is a commandment of the Lord. So I would ask you to stand this morning as we read from the scriptures and we read from Exodus. We're going to be reading all of the commandments we've read so far up until this commandment, the fourth. I invite you now to hear the word of God. And God spoke all these words, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt or out of Egypt and out of the land of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself an image in the form of anything in the heaven above or on the earth beneath or in the water below. You shall not bow down to them or worship them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, punishing the children for the sins of the parents to the third and fourth generations of those who hate me, but showing love to a thousand generations of those who love me and keep my commandments." You shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God, for the Lord will not hold anyone guiltless who misuses his name. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither you nor your son or daughter, nor your male or female servant, nor your animals, nor anything resting or residing in your towns. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them, but he rested on the seventh day. 
Therefore, the Lord, notice those capital letters, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. This is the word of God. You may be seated. Whenever you see in the Bible the word Lord capitalized, it represents the name of God, not just the title of lordship. And so when you see the Lord bless the Sabbath day and hallowed it, does that mean the Lord still does? Which day? How do we deal with this? As Christians, what are we supposed to remember? Well, we are to remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. We're dealing with this because it's the last of the first four commandments that really teach us how to love God. And so the question is, how are you loving God today? You say, well, I'm not sure what you mean. Well, the first commandment talks about that loving God is to have no other gods. In other words, we're not to have other gods to displace or in any way diffuse who God is in our minds and in our thinking. And so when we have no graven images, we're not to make an image of God because God is spirit and he's worshiped in spirit and truth. The third was do not take his name in vain, meaning that we represent God as peace people. And therefore, when people look at us, they look for us to represent God faithfully in the world. And so when you lie or you steal or you cheat, you're actually dishonoring the name of God. You're taking his name in vain because you bear the name of Christ as a Christian. This morning, one of the things that's so powerful is we get to the fourth commandment and we talk about remembering the Sabbath day and keeping it holy. South Carolina, where I grew up, where we had what were called blue laws. You ever heard of that? The blue laws. Jim Smith's back there snuggling because he, he, he violated every one of those laws, didn't he? <laughs> no, don't shake your finger, Jim. It's true. We all did. What do I mean by that? Well, there were things that you could buy and not buy on the Sabbath day because they were not necessities. I remember every day, every Sunday, we would go to church. And by the way, it was a Christian science church, which is a cult. My mother was involved with a cult for a number of years. So you can well imagine how confused I was about Christianity. But after church, we would drive to the neighboring town of Florence to go out to eat at Shoney's. Berry pie. And so that was the excuse. We would go and celebrate the Sabbath by driving to Shoney's. And then afterwards, we'd have to go to Eckerd's pharmacy to pick up something, maybe some medication, and we would all, always walk by the Russell Stover candy stand that was right at the register, and I would beg mother, mom, please let me buy some candy, and she'd say, sorry, we won't be able to buy that candy today, and I said, why? She said, because it's the Sabbath. I said, I'm going to take care of that, so I saved up enough money one Sunday that behind her back, I took the candy to the register. And I said, I'd like to buy some candy. And she said, I'm sorry, it's the Sabbath. We can't sell candy on the Sabbath. Well, what kind of law is that? <laughs> Throughout my life, I have been mystified by this commandment because when Cindy and I had the opportunity to go in 1995 to Israel, we actually stayed in the King David Hotel, which is in downtown Jerusalem. And I had been on such a wonderful trip, I had forgotten the day and told Cindy, I'm going to go down and get a paper down in the lobby. And I went down all the way to the bottom of the lobby of that beautiful hotel. 
and turned around and looked around and saw a, a Jewish man being served by a, a probably a Syrian non-Christian as a waiter. And the thing that went through my mind was, this is the Sabbath day. No one's supposed to be working, neither your manservant nor your maidservant. And yet here was this Jewish man being waited on by someone. And it caused me to ponder, what, what's right here? What was even worse was I went back and pushed the button for the hotel, hotel elevator to take me back to my floor, I think was on the seventh floor. But when I got on that particular elevator, it went to the second, the fourth, the sixth, the eighth, and then went the eighth, the sixth, the, the, the fourth, the second, back to the lobby. Because it would open only open on even numbered floors. And then I finally got to the lobby, I think after riding it the third time, and went to the man at the Your elevators are not working. And he said, oh, um, you probably Sabbath day. We don't push buttons. That is working on the Sabbath day. So if you want to go to an even floor, go on the left elevator. If you want to go to odd floors, you go on the right elevator. Is that what the Sabbath is about? Well, this morning as we dig into the Sabbath commandment, one of the things that I want you to think about deeply is that this is a commandment God has given. It is a commandment because it is a Sabbath for the Lord. In other words, this is something that He has instituted among his people. And so as you begin to think of that word Sabbath, well, what is, it? What is a Sabbath? Well, we're not exactly sure where it comes from, but as far as the word is, we're talking about how this word got to be where it is today, even in the Old Testament. One of the things that scholars look at is they try to go back to where words were created and find where they came from. And so in doing that, they go back to maybe that word in the Hebrew, Seba, which means seven. And they're thinking the seventh day, maybe that's where it comes from. But it doesn't really work when you work through that word and try to understand its derivation. And so as you think seventh day, it talks about that on that seventh day, uh, there is a cessation. That's probably more likely where it comes from. It's more likely from that word Sabbat, which is derived from the Hebrew for cease to stop. And it's on that day that God declares that you are to stop all your work. And the most interesting thing is you go back in the Old Testament, you will find that this word for Sabbath is not only used here in the 10th commandment, it is used in other places. For instance, if you go to Leviticus 30, 23 and you read there, the Lord gives Sabbaths that are in addition to the seventh day. There's a Passover Sabbath. It's called a Sabbath that is meant to be on the twilight of the 14th of the, 14th of the first month of their calendar year. And so this special day, this holy day, has been set aside by God. And on that day, which is not necessarily the seventh day, it is to be a day that the Israelites were to do no work. Then you find that there were following that, that uh, 14th day, on the 15th day, the Israelites would celebrate what was called the Feast of Unleavened Bread. 
It was a celebration of the Lord's deliverance from Egypt when they had to rush away from Pharaoh before he changed his mind. And it's on that day that the Lord says, this is a Sabbath unto you, and you shall hold this Sabbath for a week. It's kind of hard to think about your work when you're running away from your oppressor, but as God began to teach his people, even there he was teaching them that these days that he marks are meant holy for them and identify them as his people. And so as we work through this, we also find, by the way, that on this name, this word Sabbath, that God does indeed reemphasize numerous times that on the seventh day, the Israelites were to see working and to spend time gathering as, their, as a people to worship God and to spend that day for the Lord. Now, it's very important that I, you understand that, that it was for the Lord. It was not for them. It was for the Lord. So in light of that, when you break down the commandment we have this morning and we begin to work through it, you're going to find what we are God very clearly says we are to worship, remember to worship and keep this day holy. This was a, an interesting concept of remembering because it dealt with not only, the, not only what happens on a daily basis, it dealt with the past as well as the future. It has a dual meaning when God says remember. Remember what? Well, remember how I delivered you from the, the ravages of slavery in Egypt and brought you into a promised land. Remember this. Remember what God did in the past. But even more than that, remember that the Lord is the creator of heaven and earth. That the earth is the Lord's, as we heard the description of our call. The earth is the Lord's. It doesn't belong to us. And so this Sabbath day is a remembrance, first and foremost, that what we have, where we live, how we exist, is God's gift to us. And so when you and I think about that whole meaning of the Sabbath, you and I are given the Great opportunity to remember that we are not God and the captain of our ship. That our life is not our own. It is a gift that God has given us. And therefore, because the earth belongs to the Lord, all that reside upon the earth are His. And he says on this day, this Sabbath day, you are to remember that. I don't know about you, but I, I tend to forget things. I tend to forget that God is my God, that he has blessed me with material possessions. And I would like to think that I am the one who's created them, but that's such a foolish thought. It's foolish because when you begin to think of all that we own, none of it came by our own creation. It came by our recreation. And so in light of that, when you and I begin to think of this Sabbath, we are to remember that God is and that we are to remember that we are this day holy. It was a duality of remembrance for the past, for the future. And so that last part becomes very powerful in the Christian mind in America because we are we are being tempted in our day to make a Sabbath day like any other secular day that we live. 
We have NFL football games on Sunday. We have soccer on Sunday. We are now making Sunday as if it was any other day of the week. Why are they doing that? Why are people spending so much time filling our calendars with events? I was talking with a family earlier this week, and they have six children. And they said, we only allow our children to do one half thing. And I said, what does that mean? It means we only commit to being half there at particular things half the time. And I said, well, why is that? And they said, well, we have six children. If, if each one of them do something every night, we're out of the house every evening for every night of the week. And then they went on to talk about how Sunday has become the day everyone targets to fill the time in having events. And I thought about that. I thought, you know, that, that's so true. What has happened to this day, Sunday, that people have competing affections for whether they'll be worshiping God or not? The Catholics, the Roman Catholics, saw this coming years ago. You know what they, they came up with? They came up with the idea of having worship on Sunday, or excuse me, Saturday evening. So people could attend things on Sunday. Is that the answer to the question? What do we do with the Sabbath day? When God says, remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy, we are to remember that it is God's work of creation that we take time to give thanks for. But even more so, it is God's work of redemption that he has brought us out of light into the, he's brought us out of darkness into the light of Jesus Christ. That he's forgiven us of our sins. He's cleansed us as his people. He has called us to be a, a people after his own heart, a people who love him and desire him and seek him. And so when we think of the Sabbath day, it's a day in which God says that we are to spend one day out of six worshiping and resting in the work of Christ and his work. Well, how do we do that? Well, if you notice, he says that there are six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord, your God. And on it you shall not do any work, neither you nor your son or daughter nor your man or male servant, nor your animals nor the foreigner are residing in your town. I find that interesting because as I was teaching this one Sunday years ago to some teenagers in a statesful First Presbyterian church, there was a, a family that ran a landscaping business. And two of their children were coming to the youth group and we were talking about the Ten Commandments. And I specifically brought up this, how do we worship God and we don't work on Sundays. And they looked at me and they said, what? See, we don't work on Sundays. That's how we love God. We spend time worshiping God and resting and having acts of mercy and taking time with family and loving each other. And, and they looked at me and they said, oh man, that is I said, what's so great about that? He said, my dad makes us work on Sunday. I got in trouble as a pastor. Can you imagine a young pastor telling these kids that their parents were wrong? That's this like fire and fodder for fire to be built up and up and up. And as I talked to the family, I began to realize how challenging it is. Challenging it is to think about the Sabbath day. Because we are so tempted as a people to fill our days 
and distract ourselves from who God is, what he's done, and how much he is worthy of our love and devotion. Now, about now you're thinking, okay, Robert's telling me I can't do anything on Sunday. That's not what I'm saying. That's not what I'm saying at all. In fact, it's not even what God is saying. God has spoken to say, you shall have a Sabbath because it is my day. It is a day for the Lord. Interesting, isn't it? When you go a little further in thinking about this, we are to keep it by worshiping the Lord and resting from business as usual on that day. And so God has designed that one in seven days as a time not only to worship but to rest. And to keep that Sabbath is a way in which we are offering praise to God. We are ceasing from work. We are gathering in corporate worship. We are seeking a time where we can rest and we can allow others to rest. You know, it still works with some people. I was shocked, absolutely shocked to realize that Chick-fil-A still to this day does not open on Sunday. Did you know that? They're going out of business, aren't they? They're going to close their doors next week. Why? Because they're not open on Sunday. But they're not, are they? Doesn't that cause you to think just a minute? I mean, do we... Do we really have to fill our schedule so that every moment of our day is filled with such things that distract us or bring pleasure to our lives and rob us of the presence and the glory of God? Interesting, we've talked about what the Sabbath is. We've talked about how we're to keep the Sabbath. Here's the why. Jesus even repeats this for us in the New Testament as we hear his words, but particularly here in the 10th commandment, we are to remember that six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them, but he rested on the seventh day. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and he made it hallowed. Well, why does he mention that? Because God gives us the example. God gives you an example of how in the rhythm of life he desires to bless you to enrich your life, to make it worthy of a life to live by reminding that you need rest and you need rest in Him. Amen. So when you and I begin to work through this last part, this whole business of the Sabbath day, then the question becomes then, well then why do we call it the Lord's Day? Why is it we don't work on, worship on Saturday? Why is it we come here on the first day of the week of Sunday and begin to worship? And that is because we understand that Jesus fulfilled the fourth commandment. How? Well, when you look at this commandment, one of the things that happened in the Old Testament was that the Old Testament taught the children of Israel that the Sabbath was not only the seventh of six days, but it was also a Passover and the, and the other festivals or feasts that God had given them. All of those things had a dynamic that had parts of the law involved where it dealt with the civil or the ceremonial or the moral law. And so the Sabbath was no exception. 
When God had set up in the Old Testament the Sabbath day, the one in seven days for him to be worshipped, he had set up a time when they would come and do sacrifices before him in the temple. That there were times when he would command them to eat certain foods as a reminder of what God had done. And in all of those things they were foreshadows of what Christ would eventually do in fulfilling by going to the cross. In Colossians 2.14, in talking about all of these sabbatical laws that dealt with the ceremonies or the, or the civil laws of the Old Testament, Paul writes to us and says that in Christ he fulfilled those things. And in the 14th verse he says that these are a shadow of the things that were to come. The reality, however, is found in Christ. What is he saying? That Christ, when he came and died on the cross and was raised from, the, raised from that dead... He fulfilled that Old Testament requirement so that now we do not have to offer, offer sacrifices of animals. We do not have to continue to, to eat certain foods in certain ways and way ways to honor God because Christ fulfilled those. And as by honoring Christ, we fulfill the law. But more importantly, that third part, the moral point of the law that God is to be worshipped, that we are to find rest in God, that part of the law, the Sabbath law, still is left for us to be obligated to. The Westminster Confession says it this way. It says, Sabbath keeping is a positive, moral, perpetual commandment even for Christians. Why? Because God has designed you in such a way that you are created to worship him and to keep his commandments. And you need rest. I love what B.B. Warfield wrote about this. B.B. Warfield was a professor at Princeton Theological Seminary in the last century. He said that Christ took the Sabbath into the grave with him and brought the Lord's day out of the grave with him on the resurrection morn. Don't you love that? And so what really Warfield is talking about is if you go through your life saying, well, uh, what can I, what, what is forbidden and what is allowed on the Sabbath day, you're missing the point. The Sabbath is not a day that is restrictive of our Lives. It is a, lie, is a day that we are freed, set free in our lives to love God. It's a day in which we are set free from the things that would shackle us and bind us. And it's more instructive, and I wish I had the time to go through it, I don't. But you go through the New Testament and see how Jesus dealt with the Sabbath. Jesus kept the Sabbath day. And yet... When it came to the Pharisees who taught about how to keep the Sabbath, he eviscerated their teaching because every law they made only bound people. It didn't free them to love God. 
And so as we work through this, tenth command, or this fourth commandment about loving God, one of the most surprising things that I discovered in working through this is that it is not a specific Sabbath Saturday that God is looking at. God realizes that you may be involved with work where you having to work on a Sunday will then make another day your Sabbath but devote it to the worship and the rest of God. But here's the final way in which Jesus transformed the Sabbath. And this, for me, was the most powerful thing that the Bible teaches us. That this rest that we are to find, this rest that we are to obtain, this rest that we are to enjoy is the rest that can only be given through the Lord Jesus Christ when through His work of the cross He put to death the enmity that existed between God and myself and He brought rest. The work He accomplished on the cross has fully paid for all my sins and completely freed me from the dominion of the devil. And as I take one day in seven to celebrate this freedom that is in Christ, I am refreshed and renewed in my spirit and I am drawn closer to my God who is my God who supplies my need according to the riches that are in Jesus Christ. Isn't that wonderful? And so as I take time to come to worship, which is part of the Sabbath, is that I come to a corporate setting of worship with other people giving praise to God. As I take time to celebrate that day of rest where I cease my normal activity so that I can spend time walking in this creation and absorbing the beauty that God has created, taking time with my family, and communing with them and my children and grandchildren and enjoying their presence, I am glorifying God. But everything in this world wants to take us from that, doesn't it? Think of your schedule right now. Why is this commandment so important for us as Christians? Because we are still people who need rest. You know how many people I talk to today who say, that, man, I'm just tired. You, you, have you talked to people like that? I'm just tired. This is God's offer to you. Take one day in seven and rest. In him. You say, well, can I, do I, can I watch TV? Can I go to a movie? Is it okay to eat at a restaurant? You're missing the point. Really. You, you, you know what happens when you ask that kind of question? What you're really saying is, what can I get away with? Isn't that sad? Here's the truth of the commandment that is always going to be with us. You and I were made in the image of God to glorify God in our work and in our leisure. Do you hear that? Amen. Work was never got something God created as a punishment. 
When Adam and Eve were given the garden, they were given a task to carry out, and they loved it. And they glorified God by doing it. That's how your work should be. Six days, it should be labor for the glory of God. And that's what the Sabbath teaches, that our work is to glorify God. And the seventh day is a time of resting. Why? Because we need not only the joy of work, we also need the joy of rest. But more importantly, we need time to receive the created blessing of God that he promises to those who keep the Sabbath and make it holy. And as you do that, my friends, you know what? This is going to amaze you. They have found that people who honor the Sabbath day and study scientifically live longer than people who don't. Did you know that? Would you pray with me? Our gracious God and our Father, as we think about this business of the Sabbath, how freeing it is to hear the teaching of Christ where he teaches that man was not made for the Sabbath, but the Sabbath was made for man. Is that the way he put it? Is that what he really said? Isn't it a freeing thought that what Jesus really means is that we were not created to serve the Sabbath. We were created to serve God. And the Sabbath was given as a way of loving God and keeping his commandments. And so as we pray before you, Father, how grateful we are that we have the ability to rest in the work of Jesus Christ today. There are some in the sound of my voice this morning who are so worried about life. They are anxious for their life. They wonder what tomorrow will bring. And your answer is today. It's a Sabbath day. And they can find rest in Jesus Christ for he will give to them everything they need today to live their life and to love God. For this tremendous power of the Sabbath, we pray more illumination. We pray for more understanding because there is no way in God's heaven or on earth that we will understand the power of a Sabbath in a 20-minute sermon. Therefore, we ask for wisdom from above in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. And the people of God said together,